You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to episode 105 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Pacelli, and with me, as always, are Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Suze Gilbert. Bonjour. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I, just, my, I, I got an Apple Watch, and I put mini, I changed the uh, language to French, because I said, you know, i got to start thinking in French, because I'll be going to France in a few weeks. And so I have Minnie, who speaks French now and gives me the time. I don't know if you can hear her. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do your child's version of it. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, I'm just, it, she makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. But I did want to tell people that is that they are looking to get the Series 2 Apple Watch. Best Buy has it on sale for almost $70 off right now on the 42 mm. and the 38 millimeters. So they may want to check that out. Mm. What's the price? The price? The final price of that? Uh, two ninety nine oh, okay. for the thirty eight, the series two thirty eight, um, mm-hmm. and I think it was two sixty nine. No, two 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 ninety nine. I'm sorry, and then it was like three twenty nine or something for the forty eight. If they go to bestbuy.com, they can check out the sale prices. I don't know so, how long they're going to last for, but I have a birthday coming up in a couple weeks, and I decided, you know, everybody usually gives me birthday money, and I this year I really didn't need anything, so I said, you know, maybe I'll spend it ahead of time. But I now wouldn't that be awful if nobody gave me any birthday money? And I already <laughs> spent it. <laughs> yeah, but why did you buy it? Why did you get the watch? I bought it. I bought it because my I my son had has one, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at his, I was playing with his over the weekend, and I have AirPods coming because of that whole debacle with my iMac. Uh, Apple gave me a gift uh, certificate for a product, but the problem is you couldn't put it towards an iPad, you couldn't put it towards a watch or this or that. It was very um, specific. So I said, geez, it doesn't leave me anything. You couldn't spend it in the uh, App Store or the iTunes Store. I said, well, what does that leave me? So... I ended yeah. up used, getting a pair of AirPods that haven't come in yet. And I thought, well, how great is that? Because, you know, I listen to a lot of, um, like, French podcasts. And I listen to news in slow French. And I listen to music. And I thought maybe having the AirPods would be – they I the AirBud – I mean, um, excuse me, the uh, Apple AirBuds fit my ears really well. I never have had an issue with them. It's just it's wired, and I'm always getting tangled up in the wire if I'm listening to music mowing my lawn. So I thought the AirPods would be nice because it's, you know, wireless, number one. And two, most I have a couple of Bluetooth um, earbuds, but they don't fit my ears. They're always falling out because my ear canals are so narrow. So I thought, um, I asked, you know, on my Mac, and, you know, Kurt... um, Blanchard said, you know, he's never, he has AirPods and he loves them and they fit really snugly in his ears. So I thought, I'll give them a try. Worst case, I have to bring them back, but hopefully, you know, I'll like them and I can listen to music uh, and not mm-hmm. get tangled up and, you know, drop my phone. Cause when you get tangled up, your phone goes flying. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah. surprised it's taken Apple this long to come out with wireless, but I'm very happy they did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they work well. Yeah. Yeah, and the watch, I wish it, um, 
I was a little amazed, uh, Lisa and I were just talking about it, that as far as podcasts, the podcast, the Apple podcast app, unless somebody knows something I don't know, I've looked and I can't download that on the watch. I can down Overcast to look to listen to podcasts, but not the purple icon podcast app. So I was a little surprised at that because to me, that would be, you know, perfect for... Uh, you know, the the watch. Mm-hmm. So before we get into our topic today, I just wanted to mention that you might be hearing some background noise. It's uh, where Suze is. She's got on either the air conditioning or the fan uh, just because it's so blazing hot there. Yeah. And here I have the windows wide open and it's a little bit breezy and it may start to rain. So you no, might hear no. the wind on my end. You might hear the noise of the traffic going by. So we apologize for that. But right now, it's 86 degrees and it feels like 90 in my house. So the windows have to stay open just like the fan has to be on for Suze. So we apologize for the background noise. The other thing we wanted to mention is we got some feedback. And this is from longtime listener Andy Dickinson. And it's about the WWDC keynote. And he writes, hello, geeky ladies. I love your podcast and the camaraderie you guys have with each other. I just wanted to disagree with you about the keynote. I thought the news about the new iMac Pro was quite exciting. Apple hasn't really done much recently for professional users, and some have been wondering if they will abandon them. My husband is a professional video editor and needs to update his system, so he was very excited about the specs of the iMac Pro. Keep up the great work and keeping me entertained. Thank you, Andy. Andy, thanks so much for let, for uh, sharing your thoughts with us. What we would like to know is when... Uh, your husband does get his new computer, which I know isn't going to be for a number of months, but let us know what he likes it, if he, you know, how he feels about it, what he likes, if there's something he doesn't like about it. Let us know. Give us some, uh, some follow-up. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, so, thanks, Andy. But I agree. I agree with him. Um, I, th- I thought we had talked about that, that the price point, because it's you know almost $5,000, that kind of, it, it's definitely more of a a professional business type of, of, uh, of, of computer. Mm-hmm. Because for me, you know, um, even if I had a photography business, I, I couldn't warrant that amount of money, you know, at, at, you know, for the amount I was making photography, but you know, there, I think it's going to be wonderful for a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm glad, you know, I know that the, the rumor mill had been begging, um, you know, for, for Apple to do that, to upgrade the pro. And I'm glad they did do that. So oh, that's, the, that's the that's the did he say iMac Pro or the Mac Pro? The iMac Pro. Mac the Pro. iMac Pro. Okay. So it is now July uh, July, right? It's June twenty third as we record this, and summer started yesterday. Yes, longest day of the year. And we were in baking in the sun in yeah. the arboretum at a concert. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're here at a heat wave. Even in California, it's, it's well over hundred, and it's generally not that hot this time. Well, it's not in the hundreds. It, it's generally like in the eighties, but it's very hot. I have not been out. Oh, we just got back. Like a, hmm? We just got back from Virginia visiting our son in his new house, and it mm-hmm. was, it was hot. It was it was hot, especially when he and my husband had to paint the front porch at seven thirty in the morning, and they were dripping. Wow, that's how wow. hot it was down there. It was it was it was rough, but we want to talk about summer fun, fun things to do this coming summer. And since my list is very short, I'm going to tell you what I've got. And <laughs> surprisingly, it's about music. 
Now, my summer fun has begun because since the last time we've podcasted, I've been to two concerts. One was Sinbad, who performed for an hour and 40 minutes, and my jaw hurt from laughing. <laughs> he is just so funny. And he was just pulling people out of the audience and asking them questions and just coming up with, with comedy based on them. So it was all spur of the moment, off the cuff, so funny, because that I, I was starting to cough because I ran out of water from just laughing so much. He was so funny. And then last week, I drove downstate to my friends that I go to concerts with. We drove to New Jersey, Peter Frampton, Steve Miller Band, oldies but goodies. We took care of that. Then come July, the concert season really hits for me. But as far as the music for the list, if you want to go out and sit by your pool or hang out on your deck or even go on a picnic with, you know, in a public park, the Amazon tap. When I go out by the pool, my tap comes with me. And the reason why I've got the tap and not the echo is because the echo has to be plugged in at all times. The tap does not. So I can bring that outside with me. Hit the button and just say, female, play 70s music. And it will either go on Amazon and play a playlist from there or it will open to Pandora. And then today I got an email saying they now work with Sirius XM Radio. So I hook that up and I can listen to Sirius through the Amazon tap, which is awesome. The other item I have is the Sonos player. That has to be hooked into uh, power and that feeds off your Wi-Fi. And because of the location of my Sonos player... I can hear it loud and clear on my deck, so can my neighbors, because I, I never play music low. But with the Sonos player, you've got all sorts, of, you know, you've got Pandora and Amazon and Apple and MLB and TuneIn and just the list goes on and on of all the different uh, music types that you can play through your Sonos player. So that's just a good way to relax. You know, if you want to listen to classical or something jazz and some smooth jazz while you're reading a book, or you've got some background music while you've got a barbecue. Those are two great speakers to use, the Amazon Tap and the Sonos. My list is done. See, when you say tap, I think of a beer tap. I don't think of <laughs> That would probably be my kids. So for me, it's all about the music. So do you want me to go? Go ahead, because sure. you're a lot more cerebral than I am. Okay, I, I have some summer reads. Um, I sort of like the finish-up series. Uh, book series that is and um, I decided to finish up the Dexter series and, you know, the, the, the TV show was great but it's like the storyline just went totally way off kilter in, in the TV series I enjoyed that but the books are really really good I just enjoyed Jeff Lindsay and the way he uh, describes what's going on and, and it's sort of the, um, the way you, 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 you empathize with Dexter and he's a murderer uh, serial killer that is, is 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 really interesting so there's eight books and i'm at book number five and i i'm i'm done with it i just i i, I decided not to buy them i got them through overdrive um i'm sorry not overdrive i got it through my uh because i got a uh, they only had the hard copy of they didn't have the e-version in my um the library uh our county library um so I, I got that one, and I need to go get book six because I'm almost done with it. I, I think I could probably read each one of these books uh, in no time. Um, it took me two days to read the, the, uh, wow. the first one. Yes, I'm like 300 pages. Now, come on, I can read 300 pages in a couple of days. 
Um, and so I'm going to be done with that series. So uh, hopefully uh, I can find something else to finish. But I, I like to finish up my series during the summer because I have a little bit more bandwidth. And I sort of hate that I waited years to go to this one because I think the last one I read was in 2000. Uh, nine or so. <laughs> so that's a long time. But the storyline, uh, he sort of recaps and you get back to the point. Um, another thing that I mentioned Overdrive, because um, I like ebooks, I like being able to just walk, go, go to, uh, I'm, I'm waiting in line for something that can pu- pull out my iPhone or or at, and or my uh, well, I used to be able to pull out my Kindle until uh, that's no longer possible since I lost that one. Um, and read the book and don't have to worry about the weight of carrying a, a big thick book with me. Um, and Overdrive is a service we mentioned this before that uh, aligned with your public library and you can get ebooks that way. Um, and generally, they have the more current ones and the older books like this Dexter series they have absolutely not them at least not in my county my county is not I guess they're not uh, really big on the uh, serial killer books <laughs> but uh, that's my reading list so today what are you what are you uh, reading well when I think I've mentioned before I'm, I'm in a book club and um, they're being from Maine you know if you go up to Rockland, they have a wonderful uh, art museum called the Farnsworth Art Museum. <clears throat> and Andrew Wyeth, uh, they have a Wyeth, you know, uh, wing there, I would say. Um, but they have, if you are familiar with Andrew Wyeth, who is a wonderful painter, he, his father was N.C. Wyeth, who was an illustrator. And his son, Jamie Wyeth, is also a painter in his own right, very well known. But Andrew Wyeth, um, when he was in Maine, he spent a lot of time in Maine as well as uh, Chadsworth, Pennsylvania. There's a very famous um, painting of his called Christina's World. And if you're familiar with it, it's, it's a woman in a field and uh, it's, she's very mysterious and she's looking up at this house up on a hill. Well, that painting... Um, I believe it's at MoMA in New York City. But, you know, that that I would say, arguably, that's probably one of Andrew Wyeth's most well-known and famous paintings. But, you know, I think the mystery surrounding the woman really intrigued um, Christina Baker Klein, who wrote this book called A Piece of the World. So in my book club, and, you know, people may laugh at this, but we have read some really terrible books people have suggested. And finally I said, guys, I can only be in this book club if we read, if we read a book that's four stars and above because life's too short to read. Literature. <laughs> so they were like, okay. So I was reading about uh, a review of this book and I thought, you know, this might be an interesting book for us to read in the book club. And so we did, we read, um, we read a piece of the world and what Christina Baker Klein did is she does have roots in Maine and she really exhaustively researched this. So she spoke to the Wyeth family. She spoke to Christina Olson, who was the woman. And she basically wrote this book from Christina's perspective. And Christina had this um, neurological type of disorder um, that they feel, um, you know, she basically, as she aged, she started when she was younger, but when she started to age, she could barely walk. 
and she took care of her parents. You know, um, she cooked for them. She mended for them. She took care of her brothers. And so she had such a physical, uh, I mean, it was just such a physical job for her. And she wrote it from her perspective. I, it was an excellent book. I really enjoyed it. And you really don't know. I would I would leave it to, open to the reader whether you should pity her or say, you know, why didn't you do more? But again, that's very easy to say in 2017. Um, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, you know, in rural Maine, you just didn't do that. But her, I would think her, I think her grit is what really came through in the writing, uh, Christina Olson's grit. So it made me, I think the character was, you felt such sympathy for her that when I go to Maine next week, I've been to the Farnsworth several times, of course, living in Maine, but my husband and I are going, they just, uh, the Farnsworth Museum just acquired recently, in the past few years, the Olson House. And they have renovated it. And so now you, when you go to see the Farnsworth Museum, you actually can buy a ticket to go see the Olsen House. So that's what we're going to do. In light of me reading the book, I thought it would be really nice to go see where Christina lived. So I would definitely recommend that for um, male and female. I mean, it's an it's a, it's a interesting perspective of, um, of uh, and seeing how Andrew worked. Because Andrew, not only did he paint her, he painted her and her brother uh, for many, many years, they be, they were friends, and they actually let him have a room in that house for a studio. So Andrew did a lot of painting at the Olsen house. So I thought that was a really, really good book. Do they do they talk much about Anna, the the, the girl, Anna Christina, whatever the, the girl? Oh, uh, Christina yeah. Olsen. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. all through her perspective. Yeah. It's written. It's written like in her perspective. Yes, it's very, very good. You know, okay. and it's just amazing that you know here is this woman that is she so consumed by just these ordinary mundane tasks every day? Like you know, she's got to make the bread and she's got to take care of her mother and and she's ailing herself. It, it was. Mm. There was a sadness, I think, but I think I think uh, Klein, as a writer, did very good. She also wrote the Orphan Train. I haven't read that one yet, but the other book that I absolutely adore, I had, I started reading it. I took it out from the library, and then I bought it on on iBooks. It's called The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wolleben. He is a German uh, for he was a forester, and. You know, the thing is, many people think that, you know, forestry in and of itself, my dad was a was a forester, and they think that it's very conservation-based. Well, that's not necessarily true. Many times foresters would go out and they mark timber um, for the, you know, the lumber company, the timber industry. So my dad always thought, you know, he wished he had been in the park service because it's more you know, conservation based, but Peter felt the same way. He was, he worked for the, uh, the German, uh, forestry commission for 20 years. And then he started to really pay attention to science and the trees. He managed, he managed a beach forest and he realized that the, when trees, um, oh, it's just a fascinating book if you love trees. And I do love trees. I'm a tree hugger and I'm proud to admit it. But they actually communicate with this uh, mycological, the fungus network in their roots. So, for instance, if you have a tree that's beginning to ail in a forest, other trees will actually feed it nourishment to try to help it out. It, the whole thing, mm. he goes through many different species of trees. And I really appreciated that because he's really... He's a naturalist, you know, who 
who brings a scientific uh, perspective to trees. So it's not just all, you know, tree hugging thing. It's all, it's, it's very, um, he discusses the science of, of the how and why, and they're just really starting to open up um, knowing more about trees and how they communicate and, you know, their survival and um, what things affect them as far as climate change and, um, you know, nutrition. So it, it was very, very good. If you want a more realistic book, a, a nonfiction book, that is one that I really, truly, I, I truly love. Um, and the other one that we had talked about reading, um, it's called The Constellation of Vital Phenomena. Have, I don't know if I, either one of you have read that, that, that book. No, I've never heard no. of it. It's, it's basically, um, we, I just started it, and it's very, very well written. Uh, it's by Anthony Mara, and he wrote it, I believe, in 2014. So it's been out for a few years. And it's about the Chechnyan Wars. And, you know, I have to honestly say I, don't, I didn't know a lot about, the Chech, about Chechnya and the Chechnyan Wars. And this is such a well-done book. Um, it's beautifully, beautifully written. It, it's, it, you know, it's researched, but yet it is a, it's a fictional novel. So it starts off, um, this little Haba, she's a little eight-year-old girl, and Russian soldiers abduct her father in the middle of the night, and then they, they set her home on fire. And so her neighbor takes her in, and, and that's how this whole novel starts. It's, it's, I'm about halfway through. It's a really beautifully written book. And if, so if you want, again, something that's feels meaningful to read uh, this, this summer, I, I would definitely recommend that one as well. And, that, and that's his first novel. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, that is his first mm-hmm. novel. And, it's, and, and the other one, I, I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast. I may not have, but it's called My Abandonment by Peter Rock. And when I was visiting my um, childhood friend in, during Easter, her uh, brother-in-law is a steward. He's a manager of this park uh, right outside you know, Estacada. And we went over there for Easter dinner and everything. And uh, Victor said, you know, would you, my husband hadn't toured the park. I have, I've seen it several times, but so we went through it and we met the director of um, Winter's Bone, uh, Deborah Granick, and she is filming my abandonment in this park. And what my abandonment is it's a book that came out by uh, written by Peter Rock, who is a I think he's a creative writing professor at uh, Reed College in Portland, Oregon, and he was fascinated by headlines back in the early two thousands about this father and daughter that Forest Park is a big urban park in Portland, Oregon, and this father and daughter had lived there for several years. She was twelve at that time, I believe, and he was in his fifties. He was a Vietnam vet that. Um, you assume right reading the book that he has PSTG. So, um, uh, PTSD, sorry about that. Um, so anyway, he, he was raising his daughter in the forest because he felt that he did not want her corrupted by urban life, but he would get a disability check. He would cash that in and they would go into town and get what they needed, but they lived in the woods and they lived totally off the grid, totally under the radar. And this runner found her, found them one day, and of course called the police. And um, they they found that she had the equivalent of like a college education. I don't want to tell you too much more about it, but it's a really fascinating book. Mm-hmm. And the ending just leaves you 
bewildered. It's like, you know, what's going to happen? So I'm looking forward to the movie because, of course, Victor has a a little part in it, too. But that will be coming out in early 2018, I believe. But My Abandonment, again, is it's uh, it's a it's a really well-written book and I really enjoyed it. So those Mm. those are my four books that I recommend for summer reading. Wow, boy, yours are really high, bro. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't. I have to tell you, I really don't. I I only like good fiction. I'm not a big fiction reader, and when I read fiction, it better be good because uh, that's why I said to my book club, I have to. You know, really, the people. I mean, I could never read like Fifty Shades of Grey. That wouldn't. I mean, no, I, I, wouldn't know, I hope we don't get hate mail. People, oh, I love Fifty Shades, but that stuff to me is just trite. I just, I yeah. want to read meat. I want it, you know. I want somebody to do research, and I don't mind. My my book club tends to like historical novels, and I don't have a problem with that as long as it's well written and it's well researched. You know, it has to have some bases in reality. I would think. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the same me. way. There's a lot of those those books that I can't get into. I like. I don't think I fit the demographic. Um, the Hunger Games. I did not like those. Uh, oh, I couldn't I, finish I, the first one. Well, I did like the Hunger uh-huh. Games. I like. I'm Hunger sorry. Games. I did. Yeah, like I know that. you guys liked. I, I just couldn't get through it. It's just the the level of the writing just did not pull me in. I felt like if I was uh, in high school, I would have loved it. But uh, now I've just moved beyond that. And even some of the romance stuff, there was a period of time I loved reading that kind of stuff, but I never, just moved I on. never liked... No, I moved I never. on beyond that. You know, I, I just... You, you, it's sort of like wine. <laughs> you start drinking it and your taste buds change. You know, in reading, I go through these periods where I, I want to read a certain genre. And I will stick with it. I've even read some of the, uh, you know, fantasy ones. Uh, and I be, I'm beyond, I think I'm pretty, pretty much beyond that, too. Yeah, it's just, it becomes a real fad, you know, in, in writing. And you, you, you find yourself saying, oh, well, I've read this before. This sounds like something I've read before. It's nothing novel about it. Um, so, did, did you read The Girl with the... The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. I read those. Yes. Yeah, I read I all read, of those. I liked. I love Steve. I love those and you too. Know, I yeah. love uh, Yo Nesbo too. He Harry Hole. Oh my gosh! I, I love mystery. Recommend. See, uh, that's it, 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 yeah. It, if, they if pull he, you in with the mystery. They do. And, and so great people, characters. If people want to read a series, I I definitely recommend uh, Yo Nesbo. It, his yeah. Harry Hole. Um, Harry Hole is such a flawed police character but yeah it is fun to read it's a really fun that's actually i should have included that for a summer uh series because those are a lot of fun and i have to say that tolkien uh christopher tolkien um uh is coming out i think there's a new book that he is coming out of his father's um Mm -hmm. and that oh gosh i don't even know the name of it i had it i'm so sorry i'll have to include that next podcast but that's pretty exciting for Tolkien fans. Uh, for yeah. me, Tolkien is brilliant just because he was his languages, mm-hmm. you know, Tanguar and the Elvish language. I mean, to me, I just think it is amazing for a man to be able to make it, uh, to create as many languages. And actually, people speak Elvish, which is even <laughs> more amazing. Yeah. And it's just a beautifully written language. I always thought that if I ever was going to get a a tattoo, I would have something in French, but it would be written in Elvish. <laughs> Jeez. That's crazy, huh? Yeah, that's a little wacky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a wacky kind of gal. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I actually, I love mysteries, and that's something that, that, well, has never changed. I've gone from different genres, but 
The mysteries is something that I really, really enjoy. And I would agree. I forgot about your Nespo. I had read, I, I can finish that series. Oh, the Harry Hole series. Oh, yeah, that's so much those. fun. I mean, they are. He, you know, are. he yeah. comes out, I mean, he's pretty prolific, I would say, you mm-hmm. know, because you know, I'll say, oh, geez, there's another, um, you know, Harry Hole that I haven't read. But I don't yeah. mind that. Because I do enjoy it's 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 um it's light reading. I would say yeah. these books yeah, are this is light a summary. reading. It's definitely a summary. <laughs> exactly. I think um I th- oh I know what it's called is Baron and Luthien, and basically he and his wife J.R. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien used to call um, I think his wife Baron and he was Luthien, and that's on their gravestone, which is which is wow. kind of cool. But he's written this new book. A hundred years after it was originally conceived. And so Christopher, their son, had a big part to play, making sure, you know, that was, uh, uh, came to fruition. So yeah. I, I'm actually excited about reading that. I think it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you want to come back to me? Okay. So I have some <laughs> Netflix chills I, that I'm going to suggest. I started watching this series on TV called Queen of the South. And at first I started watching it and I was like, oh, come on, drug dealers and blah, blah, blah. But I start, I fell in love with it because the main characters are women. Two women are the main characters in the story. Uh, it's on USA. And season one is out there on, on uh, Netflix. And season two, is, I think it's winding down. Um, uh, but I really enjoy it. Um, uh, and it also helps me practice a little bit of my Spanish. I'm trying to learn Spanish, you guys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just do a pause in the chat and say, what did he say? What did he say? Because to get the accent, um, that's that's the problem for me. So it's a fun thing to do. And then another TV series that's on uh, Sundance TV, season one, um, it's out there on Netflix. Season two, they just finished. It's called Gamora. And Gamora is a... Uh, I think it's I think it's filmed in Naples, and it's about a uh, organized crime uh, um, and relationships of the gangsters and the drug dealers with the regular folk um, that uh, surround there. And it's that it's they say it's similar to The Wire in that it shows the hierarchy of the organization and how um, the street level uh, crime is uh, integrates. Um, huh. And but I, I uh, season finale this year sort of disappointed me a bit. I, I just I, I for me is okay. There's no honor among thieves, and that that's the part I just hate. You know, so you gotta watch yeah. it to see what I'm talking about. You know, they stabbing each other in the back, and um, it's, it's a little crazy. Um, but I, it's all in subtitles. So if you speak Italian, knock yourself out. <laughs> Um, it's uh, subtitled, uh, but I. The thing about when something's in subtitle, you read in every word. You don't make any mistake about what's going on in the story. And I, it's one of the few times I've watched something and I know all the details of the story. Because you know, sometimes I miss stuff, or I just won't pay attention to what was said or how they interact with each other. But when I have to read something in subtitle, have you found that uh, to be the case, uh, Suzanne Lisa? That reading I, I what they're saying that you, you follow the story more closely. Yeah, I love subtitles. I, I watch so much in subtitles. And the, the funny part is, is like if I watch a French show with subtitles, it's good for me because, you know, 
when you when you're a native English speaker, yeah, and you're learning another language, it doesn't always conjugate. You exactly. Can't sentences the same way. You can't say like I am going to the store. They they say it you know differently. Yeah, so differently. Yeah. It's really good to, to hone my ear and for slang mm-hmm. too. I'm always listening mm-hmm. for French slang, but I find that sometimes if I watch an English a British show, I'm like, what the heck do they say? Attitude. Like, Turn on the subtitles. Yeah. Say, say what did yeah. they say? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or if and they're speaking in a heavy, oh my gosh, um, we what show did we watch? And they had a heavy, heavy redneck Southern accent. <laughs> southern and I accents, said, Mike, I can't do. I said, Mike, please turn on the subtitles. I can't understand. Is well, that English? There's, there's <laughs> one show I was watching and the name of it just went out of my head. Oh, it was about uh, these people in the Ozarks or something like that. And, and they were like the, you know, the hill people, or I guess you would call them hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they had this guy that had such a bad... I thought something was wrong with his mouth. Come to find out he was an Australian trying to do a southern accent. Oh, God. But it, 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 it actually... You know, I hate that. But you know what? It worked. Because I was like, he sounds like, wow, that he's from <laughs> Kentucky someplace. You know? And uh, he really did. That worked in that particular case. You know, like, no, no offense to Kentuckians, because my uncle is a Kentuckian, and I'm telling you, he... <laughs> I'm from Tennessee, so... <laughs> his accent is very nice, though. I mean, his accent is very nice. But I have to say is, you know, um, is sometimes if you have the thick accent and they mumble... I, yeah, that's what it was. He was mumbling. Like, he was mumbling. Yeah. And I'll say, Siri, go back 10 seconds. And I'll say, what? No. What is that? And I have to turn on subtitles because I'm missing it. You know, I'm. it's the mumble. Um, I forgot, I forgot you know Apple TV could do that. Is, is when shows... <laughs> When there's a when there's a denouement or there's there's some type of uh, mm-hmm. a crucial part of the story and they they ramp up the music so you can't hear the dialogue. What the heck is yeah. that? Stop yeah. doing yeah. that. They do that a lot. Stop doing that. I can't. Yeah. I can't understand what they're saying. I think you the know? thing with the accents too is what we're used to. Yeah. If we were brought up in the South, that would be normal for us. If we were brought up in England, the British oh, accent is normal I'm, for us. I mean, what's I, funny I want- is my mother was born and raised in Brooklyn, but she's been up here for 50 years. And people that meet her for the first time say, what part of Brooklyn are you from? They can still hear her accent because they're not used to talking to her day in, day out. So I think it's just where where you're from and what you're used to hearing. Well, you have a New York accent for sure. I do. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. No, say coffee. Say coffee. 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 Yeah, yeah, coffee. See, <laughs> I told you. Well, I'm from Tennessee, and when I go back there, they don't they, they don't hear anything. They think I'm no. Uh, I don't yeah. hear an accent. You've lived in California enough where I don't hear. A, yeah, a I've been accent I've been away my entire adult life, but I'm telling you, I don't. When I hear a southern accent, I do have to turn on the thing because I haven't heard it in a while. But when I go home, I think I slow my voice down. I, I slow my you know. I, I talk really fast. But I always talk really fast because I'm the youngest of six kids. I got to get what exactly. I want. Exactly. Well, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I was born near Worcester. And, of course, it's Worcester, Worcester. Massachusetts. <laughs> and all of my relatives, and I'm not kidding you, all of my relatives, so all my aunts and uncles, every single one of them, some of them are still in Massachusetts. Some have been away since they were in their 20s and now, you know, they're in their 70s. My uncle, when I went to visit him down in Austin... I could not. It's like he never left Massachusetts, and he has not been in Massachusetts. He's lived in Alaska. He's been all over, and he has the 
thickest accent. My parents have thick accents. My mother calls a horse a hoss. I'm like, what's a hoss? And you know, I'm not kidding you. And if you want, if you want creamer for your coffee, it's hoff and hoff. I mean, yeah. how but I didn't I had a, have. I it. had an uncle Horace, and we call him hoss. <laughs> Well, you know, I can put on a Boston or Massachusetts accent when I want to. Like, I, yeah. my my neighbors who are native Texans beg me to do that. And so they say my husband has more of a Maine accent, and I definitely have a Massachusetts accent. So it's funny because my husband and I can, can just go at it, and they're dying. But again, <laughs> we feel the same way when we when we hear thick Texan accents, you know? And it's so it's such a stereotype because in Dallas, I mean... They have a very subtle accent, I would say, in Dallas, a very subtle southern accent. When you go to East Texas and near the more the Arkansas border, you hear it's very thick. It's more what you would consider a stereotypical Texan accent, but not Dallas so much. I mean, I I really listened for it. And um, outside of, you know, people saying, bless your heart and, you know, fixin or y'all, or all y'all, you know, that type of thing. I don't really notice an accent. I mean, it, it just, they have you're some used neat to things it. like, yeah. you're used to it because, you know, when you sit down at a restaurant, they say, hi, y'all, how y'all yeah. doing? You know, yeah. you get used to it. Well, me, as soon as I hit to the say air- y'all, it sounds weird. You as know? soon as I hit the airport in Tennessee and I hear them go, welcome to Memphis International Airport, then I go, <laughs> okay, I'm home. <laughs> And that's exactly how it sounds. It's like a singing kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, I feel so cozy to me. <laughs> and I normally hate accents, but I, it just, it's just home, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, or if I go to Logan, welcome to Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> home of the home. lobster. <laughs> oh, well, Maine's home of the lobster. The lobster. Well, no, Boston's home of the Red Sox. The Red get your Sox. get your thing, socks. Yeah, get it straight there. That's and the Patriots. Cool. The wicked cool. The, the five five ring championship. <laughs> yeah. uh, the champion Patriots. That's right. Yeah, I'm better with Brooklyn. <laughs> well, you well, know, I, when I was a nursing, I used to work with a, a nurse from New Jersey, and she used to. Oh, she said, "Stop it! Stop it, Susie! Just stop!" Yeah. I say. Can I have a cup of this? She said, what do you want, coffee? I said, yeah, say it again, say it again. I just, I love coffee. <laughs> or, well, when I was in, I was in Rhode Island, I, um, I just moved there, and I was staying in this little hotel, and I needed to get some food. So I went, and the only place that was open was this donut shop, and it's, girl, I had never seen crawlers. Is that what they call them? Mm-hmm. Crawlers, oh, crawlers, crawlers. Yeah, they were just. Crawlers. I had never seen them before. You know, we have donuts in Tennessee. We never had those crawlers then. But crawlers. Actually, they have now. But I, I went in. I was like, "What is that, crawler?" She goes, "It's that me, crawler." And it was like this long, drawn-out word. It's I'm a, like, it's a, well, if you're in Massachusetts, it's a crawler. But what it is, if anybody doesn't know what it yeah. is, it's a type of, um, well. Don't, I would say don't, donut. but it's long. It's probably about six to seven inches long, and it's twisted. Twisted, yeah, yeah. And it's got icing on top. It's mm-hmm. and they're awesome. They're yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I and the other thing just, is, uh, f- you know, you don't say milkshake. You say frap. It's a frap. No, it's a milkshake. And you also, uh, <laughs> and, and, and subs are grinders. If you want to go and get a yeah. grinder. They're not a t- and yeah, Maine, grinders, yeah. In Maine, I went and asked for a grinder, and they looked at me, and I said, oh, my gosh, it's the wrong word. In Maine, they're Italians. Italian sandwiches on a sub roll, and it has, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, 
your ham, cheese, tomato, g- green pepper, onions, you know, it's, and they put olive oil on it. They, they, you know, you dribble, mm-hmm. all, dri- uh, drizzle olive oil on it. And that's, a, that's an Italian, but you go to Massachusetts and that's a, that's a grinder, you know, you want a ham and cheese grinder. It's, it's just so, f- I love colloquialisms and I just love, yeah. um, regional, sub- regional <laughs> dialects and stuff. It's cool. It's yeah. just we, so cool. We call them sub sandwiches in yeah, Tennessee. But my final, my final um, series is Marcella. And speaking of accents, this is a British uh, it's detective fun. series. I like her. Yeah. <laughs> and it's from the creators of The Bridge, which that's the reason why I watched it, because I love The yeah. Bridge t- uh, series. Um, and it's a female detective. So I suggest you guys look, stop watching it. Um, it's a very, very good series. The lead character is flawed as flawed can be. I love those kind of characters. They're not perfect. Her hair is not always in the right place, you know? And her life is just falling apart. But she's a damn good detective. So, Marcella's she's, another... She's hmm? fun. I, yeah. I enjoyed her. I'm waiting yeah. for the season two, though. They haven't come out with season two, and I, no. I, I Googled it, and I was really surprised that, you know, there's no word on them coming out, because I think it's pretty successful. Yeah, I, I I had it on my wish list for a very long time, and then you know now it's summer, so I gotta get through that list. So that's what I'm currently watching. Um, the other two series, Queen of the South and Gamora, their current seasons aren't out yet, but get started. I mean, these are some very good um, things to to watch. Well, you summer. know, you, when you said that, uh, Vicky, I was looking at Gamora because the 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 um, what's the word I want is the uh, graphic for it is very intriguing, mm-hmm. you know, on Netflix. And I thought, hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that looked interesting. But I, it's on my list, but I didn't, uh, I didn't, you know, download it yet. So I haven't watched yeah. it yet. Yeah, it's, 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 I, it's so many characters in there that I just don't like. And I was surprised that I'm still watching it. <laughs> because I don't know, they just like, oh, I hate you. Oh, I hate you too. Oh, I hate well, my yeah. list is uh, the other night um, when my son came over. We were we were just you know tired. Um, we had gone to see the Doobie Brothers in Chicago uh, the wow. night before, and oh. a fabulous concert. Oh, I know that, I, and the Doobie Brothers moved to Chicago. Yep. You said, and, and I, I thought you said in Chicago at first. No, no, no. The Doobie Brothers <laughs> and the Chicago the band. But I'll tell you, Jimmy yeah. Pankow of um, the bone player, the trombone player of Chicago. So, he is amazing. I mean, Chicago put on such a great show. But unfortunately, you know, it was outdoors here in 90 degrees. You know, it was muggy, like 100% humidity. But we still had a great time. But anyway, um, so the next night, we just wanted to stay in and chill. So we watched The Infiltrator with Brian Cranston that's on Netflix. Mm. And that actually is based on a true story. It was uh, about Pablo Escobar, um, you know, his cocaine trade. And... It was very good. Of course, Brian Cranston is such a fabulous actor. One of my favorites because of Breaking Bad. Um, but that, if you're wondering what some new movie to watch on Netflix, that was a good one. I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I think that's a good one. Then, uh, Wonder just Wom- interrupt you Wonder for a Woman- second, Suze. If you yeah. liked that movie, which I haven't seen, but you might like the series that Netflix put out called um, Narcos. Yeah. Which, is, yeah. About, which is about Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which was surprising to me because that doesn't sound like something that uh, Elisa would like. Well, it was a little <laughs> yeah. I got that, I got that it does, a little it slow it. to start, <laughs> but then once, and that's another one where you have to really focus because half the time they're speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Half yeah. it's English, half is in Spanish, so you really have to pay attention. 
um, which I normally don't like that because I spend more time looking at the words than what's actually going on. But yeah. it actually, once you after you get through the first couple of episodes, it starts to get interesting, and it, it almost makes him sympathetic. But not wow. quite. But oh, not quite. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel sympathy. Yeah. But I, not no. quite. Then you kind of look and you go, yeah, okay. I mean, you see something that he does. It's one of those situations where um, the bad guy is doesn't care who he hurts, but don't touch my family. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, uh, Sakara. Uh, Sakara. Did you ever see Yeah, Sakara? I saw that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hated that movie. Oh, yeah. God. I loved it. Oh. oh, it was fabulous. That tunnel scene with the music. I downloaded the music because it was oh, so Oh, my awesome. gosh. I watched that with my husband, father-in-law, and sister-in-law, oh, and all four of us fell asleep. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. If you lived in a border state, you would see that. Wow. Because like Tucson, they're they're always mm-hmm. finding tunnels in Nogales. You know, people are smuggling drugs. I mean, I, I thought it was very well done. That was one of my, my and Benito was uh, fabulous. I mean, I got a question. The yeah. infiltrator is, it's not on, it's only on DVD for Netflix. No, it isn't. We just watched it. Well, when I looked at it on the Netflix, it said, are you sure? Because, D- well, uh, uh, that it's on Amazon Prime, but I'm. Oh, it must sure be Prime. Not. Must be on Prime because because uh, the Netflix is uh, it's DVD oh. only. Oh, I'm sorry. Then yeah, it, yeah, it'll have to be on Prime then. Okay. Yeah, I'll try to add it to my list, girl. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, maybe it is on Prime. Well, you know. Okay, I get it. I go, I'll get I go it on back Prime. and forth. I go back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> and my husband wanted to me to know that I made a mistake. He said, "Suze, you need to clarify that." And when I said that the um, remember the. Uh, TVOS didn't have Netflix. It has Netflix. It didn't have Amazon Prime. So Prime, shame yeah. on me. Yeah, it does yeah. have. I said, oh, it does. I'm so used to doing it. Oh, my. I'm sorry. Yes, it is on Amazon yeah. Prime. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And the other one yeah. is that's on Amazon Prime yeah. is Moonlight. I know it's. Mm. I think that's Moonlight. I don't care what anybody thinks. I, this is my opinion, only my opinion. <laughs> you know, I love the cinematography and I love the music. You know, for me, yeah. when I'm watching a film, music plays an important role. And yeah. that's why, you know, I love Philip Glass because he's done a lot of, you know, soundtracks. And I just think he's a wonderful composer. I love Hans Zimmer. I mean, I listen to the Gladiator soundtrack, I don't know, over and over. And I love Lisa Giroux, who did the vocals. So, Music is very important to me. And Moonlight, if people don't know what it's about, it's a coming-of-age story about a young um, black child that starts that he's a child, and his mother is a drug addict. And yes, you can say, oh, that's stereotypical, but it's it's about... It, it's it's more than just that. It's about, you know, bullying. It's about South Florida, you know, the public school system. It's about how he comes in a way full circle with this, with this, uh, I would say, a male um, father figure. It just, I thought it was beautifully done. And I love the cinematography in it. And I love the music because, you know, if you think about it for a minute, so many films that I've watched that have, you know, uh, either coming-of-age stories or about black culture, they usually have rap or hip-hop. This was classical. This mm. was gorgeous. And it was it went with the story. It made – it was just this beautiful, like, tonal story over overlaid against the, the script. I, I just mm-hmm. – I was – I loved it. I've seen it twice mm. now, and I just think it was a beautiful story. And it's – and, you know, and I love the fact that the ending was ambiguous – you really don't you you don't know 
how things turned out. And I kind of, I liked that ambiguity. I, I thought it was well done. I was thought it was well, I thought it was well-deserving. I, 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 I agree with you in terms of music. I I don't know if you remember the movies, the British, they had a bunch of British romance, romance comedies, well, what they call those, romance comedies. And um, in the 90s, and into the early 2000s too. And they just didn't work for me because the music did not fit the mood. It was like, yeah. where is this music coming from? You know? I agree. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the, with the current situation that's going on. And, and it just ruined the movie for me. I'm following something. Oh, this is a change. What's going on? Are they going to get together? Ooh, this music. And, Where's it coming uh, that, from? <laughs> and, and the actor that played the young Chiron, oh, uh, Chiron, oh my God, I, I loved him. He was so good. He was phenomenal, and and the adult, sure. Oh my God, he was just he was just I gotta, beautiful. I gotta finish watching it. I just I just oh, uh, I've seen it's it. so sad. I don't like stuff that's. I don't well, know. I've uh, seen it. I've seen it twice, and I've really enjoyed mm. it. And my husband hasn't seen it. I said I'll watch it with you, and so it was funny because he said, "Suze, I tried to watch La La Land on the plane, and the minute they got out and started singing on the freeway, he said, nah. and I said, "No, I can't." <laughs> I would drive me freaking crazy. In addition, jazz musicians, because I guess this purports to be like a pseudo history of jazz, were pretty upset over it because they totally ignored like the origins of jazz. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're talking about rural jazz and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. blues and, you know, uh, Satchmo and all that. Yeah, they... um, It was the Hollywood version of jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Hollywood version, quote unquote. And, you know, the other one I have to recommend is Wonder Woman. Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. you got to see it. Oh, gosh. Uh, Gal Gadot is awesome. It's a fun movie. I do wish, though, I do agree with reviewers that said they really didn't need Chris Pine to have a male story arc to carry the movie. They didn't need that, mm. but it's okay. Mm. I mean, mm. I, I maybe Wonder Woman too, because I'm sure it's probably going to be a franchise um, with the success of it that they, they won't have, feel compelled well, to do that. What's surprising to me is that people are surprised that it was going to be a hit. I thought it was going to be a hit because it's different. It's not some man, you know. Exactly. It's, I mean, anytime you you use different characters. You know, it be the woman, be the kid in the, as the lead in the movie. It's going to spark some interest, you know. And even if it was like the worst hero on uh, one, one of those superhero uh, movies ever, that alone is going to get a lot of people out to the to the theater just to see what the novelty of it all is. It and is, I used to know, love Wonder Woman when I was a kid. I did too. Know? Linda, Linda Carter. It. I mean, Linda she was yeah. awesome. But, you know, yeah. I have to say is that they have had superhero win movies like Supergirl and Catwoman and uh, Electra that have been horrible. Horrible. I mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, but I, I went think to see them the right because time. I was just curious. It, it was the right I, time with all the girl power lately and, you know, with the pussy hats well, and all this other stuff. It that, was well done. It's, um, it's, you know, it was the right script and the right actress at the right time. And I think that's yeah, why it's successful. I, I, as a all movie. of those movies that were, you just listed were bad. I went because they were women. I wanted to see what it was like. You know, I'm not a I big know. fan of Batman or any of that kind of stuff. I but went to every one of the movies. And they, did, yeah, they always they, feel they have to sexualize all the women, you know, yeah, the female hair. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the comic industry. You know, that's, that's the way it is. Um, even with the men, though, you know, with the abs that are like, you know, not six pack, a hundred packs. You know, uh, they do. Know. It's just the way they do stuff. But the women, oh my God, it's like they don't have any clothes on at all. I but know. I liked. I, I I just would just try to give it a chance. Um, 
uh, I went to see the Catwoman one, even though I knew from the trailers it was going to be awful. And um, I even watched the Supergirl show on TV. It's awful, but, you know, hey, I'm going to give it a chance. <laughs> um, so I had a feeling that it was going to do well the first couple of days and um, when it opened. And I didn't realize it was going to have legs, so I'm going to have yeah, to go see I'm it. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. As far as yeah. my summer TV shows, well, if you were Breaking Bad fans. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And if you've been living under a rock for the past few years, then yeah. you will not have known that there's a prequel by Nancy um, called Better Call Saul. The mm-hmm. first two seasons were awful. Well, they weren't awful, but they were so low. This season yeah. has been it's awesome. really good. It's surprising, it's, isn't it? Don't say anything. <laughs> I haven't been, watched the last two episodes. Okay, it's terrific. So if you for for yeah. people that want to do Better Call Saul, the previous season two seasons are on Netflix. So start yeah. off with the previous two seasons, slug, mm-hmm. slug through it, and then this season um, AMC um, watch it. And the I think the best. For me, the best episode was Chicanery. The title was Chicanery. It's fabulous. Michael McKean. Michael McKean played David in, in This is Spinal Tap, which is one of my favorite films. He was also Lenny believe. on Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. Very I know. Shirley, yeah. And, and, and yeah. he's so, he still good. The other one is um, Bosch. I don't know if any oh, of you Bosch. are Bosch. Huh. Um, yeah. We We've yeah. talked about him on the podcast before. Uh, mm-hmm. Titus Welliver. This is the third season. Amazon Prime. The books are good, too. Yeah. And what's nice about Bosch is uh, the author, uh, Mike, oh, Michael. Come on. Michael, Michael Crichton? Think. No. Is it Michael? It's not Michael no. Crichton. Michael Conley. Con- isn't it Michael? Yeah, it's Conley. Is Conley, yeah. What he's done is he is one of the advisors to the show. So what's really nice about that is he takes his books and he extrapolates different plot lines from several of his books to mm-hmm. make one season. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, if you're a Bosch fan and you're thinking, oh well, this isn't going by you know any mm-hmm. particular book, it's only because what he does is he takes you know um, several of his books and he. He makes the plot lines. It, it, this season was fabulous. I don't know. Yeah. Have you guys seen season three? Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Yeah. I've seen. I, I saw it. I binge watched it the first day it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what yeah, I did. But I, you know what I like about that show? It. it I, I, I lived in Southern California for a number of years. It feels like L.A. It's exactly yes. what L.A. is. L.A. is not all this pretty stuff. You know, yep. it's so grungy and it's sort of. I mean, the storyline is, and you're not necessarily him walking around in a bad neighborhood, but it's just the way, the feel of it, it just feels authentic. Sort of like The Wire, you know, felt authentic. Absolutely, yeah. because you really yeah. felt like you, yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. like yeah. The Wire. That's a good yeah. analogy, but I yeah. love, I love Titus. I mean, he's, I he's, my, he's, a great he's my new girl crush. Yeah, I, I got a crush him. on him too, you know. I think his character <laughs> is just so great. And when I when I heard he was playing the role, because I, I had only read one of the books, and I, and again, it's a series that I put aside and need to go back to. But uh, I was like, oh my God, he would be perfect, you know, for this role. Yeah. He yeah. is. He's uh, gritty. He's tough. He's yeah. uh, matter of fact, I like him very, very much. And I thought they did a great job on the script this season. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I love the actor, um, uh, oh, uh, Jamie, um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he played in The Wire, right. too. Actually, they've had, yep. you know, we've talked about before, they've had several actors they've brought in Several of them, wire. yeah. Fabulous. And then that captain is, is also was in the Lance uh, Reddick. Yeah, Lance Reddick. Yep, He's right. wonderful, yeah. too. So um, the other one I'd like to recommend, the several, uh, Man in the High Castle. If you haven't seen that, highly recommend Man in the High that. Castle. The new season comes out, I think, fall. So get caught up. Binge watch that. That's a great one. The one I, Mike and I just watched was Case. It's an Icelandic um uh, crime series. And that one actually was fun too. Um, I think they had like eight, eight episodes, but you can get that on Netflix. And okay, you know, of course you're going to have to, you're going to have to, uh, you know, subtitle it, but very, very good. And the other, um, crime, uh, ones that we've started is the break. Uh, that's, a. I I think that's, uh, it's, I think it's Belgian, but it's French. It's in French. So again, you're going to have to, um, you know, Unfortunately, you're going to have to subtitle. I like subtitles, so you know I, some people hate subtitles, but I don't mind subtitles. I, I, well, you got to be a, alert when you watch it, okay? Yeah, you do, but because you can't, you can't be snoozing. No, you can't. But I like subtitles. So, but the, this, yeah, that's a, this is a French mm-hmm. one, and I, we just started that, and that one's good. And then um, Border Town. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched Border Town, but that's Finnish. And it's so interesting, mm-hmm. these, these languages, you know, because the bridge was Swedish and Danish, and then we've gone to Icelandic, and then we've gone to Finnish, and it's like, wow, you know, it's, those are hard languages. Yeah. But um, yeah, Border Town yeah. is really good, too. So I would highly recommend um, Border Town. And then um, uh, I think that's it, the break. I have Border Town twice on my list, but yeah, I, I, think, mm-hmm. uh, I think all of those are great summer watching, you know. And as far as uh, getting off topic with uh, books and movies and TV shows, Vicki and I put in some recipes, and I have several we'll have links for in the show notes. But if, you know, in France, it's interesting because in southern France, you know, I am not a pink wine. I've had trouble with pink wine. I went to a wedding, and my cousin's wedding, I was horrified. We, you know, when you're talking, they had waiters coming around with, with, it was Zinfandel. Remember pink Zinfandel? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like Zinfandel, uh, pink Zinfandel, because number one, it's sweet and I'm not a sweet person. I'm not a sweet wine. I like dry, dry wine. I like it dry, dry, dry. So they kept filling up my glass and I wasn't able to pay attention because I was talking to relatives. Well, the next thing I know, Mike said, thanks for getting sick in my new Tahoe and then the, and the map pocket. He said, that's what you're cleaning out tomorrow. I said, I can't believe it. I'll never drink Zinfandel again. So then when we went to France and they're having rosé, I said, nope, I'm never drinking rosé. Well, one of my French friends convinced me. They said, if you can't be French, Suze, if you don't drink rosé. I'm like, all right. And I love it because (laughs) number one, it's very light for when you're in a hot environment, like in the South, a chilled rosé and a dry rosé. So I would recommend like a Cote de Provence because for the French rosés tend to be very dry. Um, they do have a Cote de Ventoux, which is the area that I spend time in, uh, Mont Ventoux, and they have a lot of vineyards in there and they're, it's a dry rosé. And you can find them, uh, Trader Joe's actually has some uh, dry rosés from France. But I put a recipe in and I made these last week and they are awesome. You basically take rosé and you take uh you can either use raspberries or sliced um strawberries and you just put the uh rosé in a uh 
you can either put it in a paper cup with a and use a popsicle stick or if you have popsicle molds and you add dry fruit they are wonderful to just sit outside and you know it's like little a frozen wine and i also um found out that you can do that with prosecco and when i was in france last year it seems like everybody's going crazy over prosecco now that doesn't make even even any sense to me because you know you're in france and you have champagne but they had um, one, I really like uh, ginger, you know, the ginger soda. And they had one called the green ginger uh, fizz, which is awesome. And they said to use ginger syrup, but I just used like the ginger, um, the, the, the very dry ginger soda. And you just put that Prosecco and some lime in, and it's absolutely so refreshing on a hot, hot day. So I would definitely, I included the link to that too. And then I just had some recipes, um, corn cakes with summer salsa. If you know, corn's in season right now, at least it is in Maine. And I'm going to make this at my in-laws that they don't know we're coming next week. But that is a really great little recipe. I made some with, um, some fresh corn that just came out from Trader Joe's and the Caprizi pasta salad. So if you don't want to cook, uh, you know, this is just stovetop, but just make some pasta and it's mozzarella and basil and some olive oil. Absolutely delicious. And then I included some adult summer fun ideas from BuzzFeed. So you, if you need a summer bucket list. And another thing really to do on summer, I'm doing it right now. I'm taking a art medieval history course um, on iTunes U, is take a free class. Coursera, you can basically audit any class. Coding, if you want to learn how to code itunes u has one from stanford called um, uh, coding and swift it's for adults they have tons of free classes so to me summer is mm-hmm. a great time to take a free class and you know and exercise yeah. your brain it, 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 mit even has their yeah. mit wear where you can take real classes that they have at uh from mit it's recorded and yeah so i've taken can, several um, and i i have to honestly mm-hmm. tell you they're fabulous because um I took a graphics arts design class a couple of years ago, and I decided it was offered by U, uh, University, was it Penn State or University of Penn? I can't remember. But anyway, you pay, you know, if you want the certificate, you can either audit it for free, or if you want to get a certificate and have to do the homework and everything, it's still really reasonable. Considering yeah. what you, if you went to those colleges like Stanford or, and what you would pay for a class and what you can pay for Coursera, or iTunes U, it's so reasonable. Highly, highly recommend those those two. Actually, that's it. Well, I have this. I have this one little thing that I have that I've been sort of obsessed with recently is, um, which is a orange cream sickle shake. Uh, I got this recipe sent to me uh, from someone, um, one of my Facebook friends, and it's it's on the slow roasted Italian uh, website. And um, what you do is you take uh, some of your um, uh, French vanilla creamer. You know, you can use the Italian Delight or there's a couple of other ones. Uh, um, Coffee Mate has one. Uh, Your favorite French vanilla creamer. And some orange juice. They said put it into ice cube trays. Well, I couldn't find ice cube trays. I have an ice, just about like most people have ice makers in their refrigerator. Walmart. Walmart has them. Do they? I don't shop Walmart. Yeah, I, have- I don't go. I would not. I wouldn't do that. So <laughs> that's. I know. Like, when I went online, that's where, that's where they said. 
Target Target claimed to have them, and I went there. They didn't have them. My grocery store claimed to have them, and they didn't have them. And I'm sure Walmart does, but I just don't do Walmart. And but what I did instead is I took the. You need two cups of oysters. I just put it in the plastic bag and froze it. One of those Ziploc bags. And then when I got ready to use it, you just pull it out of the plastic bag and stick it into your. Uh, a blender. You can even it's even you can even break it up. I, I thought it was gonna be so hard. No, it's not gonna be that hard. You can actually break it up into pieces. But my sister has this humongous Vitamix, so it, it mixed it up really well. Uh, I didn't really go by the recipe. I just did it by taste and the way it looked because when I took one cup of the creamer with the orange frozen orange juice, it just wasn't milkshakey enough, so you just can do that by you know just eyeballing it and getting into it the consistency. And it, 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 you also in between the layers, you you, you pour the the shake in and you put some whipped cream in between another layer and the whipped cream in between. I didn't do that. I just put it all in one one cup and just stirred it. And I guarantee you, it tastes exactly like a orange. That sounds good because I don't, I don't, you know, when I stopped eating like creamsicles and stuff, when they started, when I found out ice cream, most ice cream makers put freaking high fructose corn syrup in all their ice cream. Yeah, I do. So I am, I I, I love gelato. I will eat Mm -hmm. gelato and I'll eat anything like Haagen-Dazs has like a four ingredient and so does Breyers. I don't know. It could be Dryers another place. I think they're the same company, but they do a vanilla that has just milk, cream, sugar, I think in eggs. But why are they putting high fructose corn syrup and ice cream? Why can't they just use regular sugar? I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't understand. It's, it's a corn industry. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. So I just stopped buying. But um, I, I actually, um, um, yeah, Briars Bri- Bri- and Dryers are two different companies. Uh, oh, are they? Because oh, but, but I like, uh, yeah, they're two different. I like Briars. They're all natural ice cream too. Yeah. Well, um, only one of them is just a vanilla most, with a little vanilla yeah, flakes in it. Yeah, most of them, even their <laughs> yeah. vanillas. So I think you, you yeah. have to get you have to check the vanilla because they have high fructose corn syrup yeah. in some of their vanillas. There's one that doesn't. I can't remember if that's the homemade or the natural, but it's yeah. Uh, yeah I know. The only only thing that that I did is that I did not use the. Um, uh, non-dairy creamer because I don't do soy anymore. Um, and But, you know, I, I think it, it will probably work with even the soy creamers for people who don't do milk. Um, but, of course, you you, you want to leave the uh, whipped cream out of it if, you, if that was the case. Um, and, and the whipped cream just added the extra creaminess. It still tastes like the dreamsicle without the whipped cream. So, um, that's, that's how you can sort of alter it but it's like excellent and it's such a fast thing to do um and um the eight ounce shake i mean i mean it's they say eight ounces and they search for i guarantee you it's it's so rich that i don't think you would want to eat more than eight ounces (laughs) drink more than eight, eight ounces of it um it's it was a bit too much for me i end up uh um, freezing it again, and um, it didn't turn out well. Don't freeze it again. I can't return it. <laughs> well, the other thing that yeah. I don't know if you yeah. did in summer, I don't know if you go out there, but I know in Maine, um, I always look forward to uh, like you pick. So basically, strawberries and blueberries. You know, oh yeah, that's what I love to do yeah. in summer. Is I, you know, you can go pick your corn. I love mm-hmm. to go you picks, and I don't know if that's just a regional thing or if if, if 
Yeah, we have them here. Yeah, because yeah, I love that. And now apple picking, doing the apple season. Yeah. Our cherry picking season is during the fall. Though they have cherries this time of the year, we generally don't go out because it's too dark and hot. But during the fall, they have the uh, the farms that you can go out and pick them at a very, I mean, in comparison to the price in the store is cheap, dirt cheap in, in comparison. Uh, it's maybe, I would say maybe half, half the price uh, that you pay if you went to the grocery store to get them. Yeah. Because, you know, I know in France when we're there, they end up having um, cherry season. I want to say it's like, is it June? I think it's it's either June or it's September. I can't remember. But they do have pick your own. And we didn't do it the last time. And I said, you know, I definitely, whenever we see any pick, we definitely want to do that. Because it's just wonderful. I mean, when you get it off the tree, it's like... You know, in, in fall, um, September, October, that's apple picking time in Maine. And there's just nothing like an apple that comes off the tree, you know, and that crunch. And, uh, you know, in Maine, they have Macintosh apples. And there's nothing. I, I, we are so addicted to uh, Macintosh apples that my in-laws actually, God bless them, every year, they send us a priority box. They wrap each apple in bubble wrap and they send us <laughs> Macintosh apples. <laughs> I love Macs. Wow. Macs are great eating apples, but they're also uh, great uh, cooking apples, you know, for apple pies. Yeah. But the other thing we yeah. made, um, I, I, I uh, told you that I included a link for BuzzFeed on fun, some fun stuff to do for summer. And I hadn't heard of this before. So we did this a couple weeks ago because we have a fire pit outside. We made a banana Nutella s'more. Oh, my gosh. If that's the, if that's the only thing you do this summer... You have to make a banana Nutella s'more. And I got a special, I got the dark chocolate mm. bar. I got the Ghirardelli jo- the dark chocolate because I don't like milk chocolate. <gasps> oh my God, I died. If I go to heaven, this is what I want to eat on a daily basis is banana Nutella <laughs> s'mores. It was fabulous. It was really, really good. So basically you'd make a s'more, but you just put sliced bananas, you know, um, in between mm. the chocolate and the marshmallow layer. Oh my God. Mm. This sounds bananas. It's awesome. Bad joke. Sorry. <laughs> no, notice I have no recipes to share. You may thank me later. I did notice later, that. Listeners. You may thank me later. The only other thing that I have to add to this discussion is if you are wondering what to do with your children this summer, uh, we will link into the show notes 101 fun things to do with kids this summer. And it's just a list of different ideas like baking cookies or having a luau in your backyard, visiting a farmer's market, similar to what Suze was saying, having a picnic at a state park, picking berries. So there's 101 different ideas. Some of them have links with them. Like, for example, baking cookies brings you to a page that uh, has cookie recipes or making a photo journal brings you to a page on how to create one. So you might come up with a couple of ideas to keep your kids occupied over the summer. Absolutely. You know, I mean, summer is not my particular favorite season unless I'm in a cooler environment because um, I hate heat. You know, I really do. But it is what it is. Fall is probably my favorite season uh, forever. I just love the change of color. I love the crisp air. I love I love everything. Well, I think because I grew up in Tennessee where the humidity will make you wilt. Um, I, I Living in California, the heat is nothing in, <laughs> to me. I love heat. I, I mean, seriously? even the humidity. Seriously? Oh, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it when it's hot. I, do too. Oh. I love it when it's hot. Well, I justify oh. yes. mine, though, because I have a pool. If I did not have a pool, yeah. like when it hit 95 here when we, our pool was not open, thought I would die. 
I would go out on the deck for a few minutes, go back in the house. Go out on the, do- the deck for a few minutes, go back in the house. But since we have a pool, I love the heat. If we did not, yeah. I would probably want it in the 70s, being totally honest about that. <laughs> well, see, we had a pool in Maine. We had a pool in Maine, mm-hmm. and of course, you could only use it one month out of the year because it was so darn cold. <laughs> you could, if it heated up in July, you know, it was like refreshing. And in Tucson, we had a pool, which actually, um, our pool in Tucson was very interesting because it could be 105, 106. You would go in the pool, and when you got out, you were freezing because of the evaporative yeah. cooling. Uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. we don't have a pool, and but it's okay. I mean, it's absolutely okay. I just don't want the maintenance of yeah. a pool. But, you know, there's times when my husband says, geez, we should get a pool. I miss a pool. But yeah. I'm not getting rid well, of my, I'm not getting rid of my, pecan, because... pe- um, my uh, pecan tree in the backyard to get a pool. The heck with it. I don't know. I don't know if it's because uh, you have to close it up for the season back east or whatever you guys do when you close mm-hmm. up your pool. Mm-hmm. But in California, I, I, when I first home I had, I had a swimming pool. And maintenance on it was I take a sample of my water to the local pool store. They give me the chemicals. I throw it in there. And then I just lay back and let the machines clean it. That was it. So I don't know what the main. It didn't do in the winter time. When if it got too, uh, what we would do is just shock it. You just put yeah. tons of chemicals in it, leave it alone. So it was, there was no maintenance. So I don't understand. People, oh, the cost of the maintenance. The chlorine. No, I the didn't chlorine see is very expensive. Mm, uh, the, yeah, the, I the didn't elect, have the electric any... bill goes up because you're running the pump twenty four seven. See, when we were, I have, we were, I have solar, so it wouldn't really yeah, and, and have space it, for solar. Yeah. We were going to get yeah. solar in Tucson, actually, just to get another mm-hmm. few months out of the pool. But, mm-hmm. you know, we would just close up. We didn't go in the winter. We had a hot tub as well. So we would just put the solar cover yeah, on it. Too. But that's all you really had to do is just shock it, put the solar cover on it. But in Maine, mm-hmm. because it's ice, you have to shock it. You've got to cover, you've got to dump some of the water yeah. out. You, I mean, you've got to put your water down underneath yeah. the skimmer. And then you've got to put a winter cover on it. I mean, there's just, yeah, it's a pain in the butt. I I, I actually had a gas heater so that we could actually use it year round. But that was when I had that house, that's when they had that energy crisis thing going on where, you know, Enron ripped off the state of California and my utility bills went from being like $40 a month to $300 a month. Wow. (laughs) And that included gas and everything. It was just the electric and normally gas is cheap and the electric was expensive. Uh, it, it went the other way. And so I couldn't even use it year round. I'm just like, that was a waste to add that on there and not be able to use it. Um, but I wish I had it now. <laughs> yeah. And then that would have made it electric because now with solar, you don't really, no, you really, really pay I'm for trying it, to, to be in the mindset that mm-hmm. when it's summer and I try to do this in Tucson too, I spend a lot more time painting it in my studio because it's hot. So I just put the, yeah. you know, I make sure yeah. the AC is on and, you know, and I just try not, I try to, you know, well, I walk my dog at night. Don't you have a better mood? I mean, because it's all the sunlight. To me, the winter, it, it, it can be overcast. It rains here in California when we're not in a drought. And it just, that kind of weather makes me just want to just lay down and sleep. What, do, what, do, know, what just, kind of weather? Sunshine or? No, the rain. Oh, God. Do you know, you I know, am so depressed yeah. in the summer. I am depressed. I am, really? I am not a sun person at all. No Way I love clouds. I love rain. It could be cloud. It could be cloudy. Three hundred sixty-five. You need to move to Oregon. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you because when we go to France, uh, Provence is going to be hot. I mean, it's in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what yeah. it is here. But it does. I have to say, it's not like Dallas. We can get. We can humid. Well, yeah, yeah we. It is. It's drier there, but we can get. Um, 
90s into October before the, the switch flips. Mm-hmm. But Vaison, come September, I mean, it's starting to cool down, which is really nice. So that, mm-hmm. that means I don't mind it quite so badly. But, oh, gosh, yeah. I love clouds. I love rain. Just bring it on. <laughs> Nah, no, no. My girlfriend, that, that my girlfriend in Oregon, me. thinks I'm absolutely nuts because she said, you know, let's yeah. trade any day. I said, let's do it. Let's trade. Let's. I guarantee you, one year in Dallas in the heat all the time, and you'd be crying for the rain. I'm yeah, well, the humidity can sap your energy. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't. You have to worry about your hair. Oh Lord. <laughs> now I put my hair up in a clip. Well, I'm telling you, it's so humid here that yeah. you know you have to put your hair up in a clip because it just it's wet. You know. I, I had I had not been in a humid environment for a number of years, and I went to Dallas um, for a training class, and um, and one of the girls in my class realized I was going to spend the weekend there because it was you know back in the day it was cheaper to fly back on a Sunday, so I spent the entire weekend. So she invited me over that Friday night to go to one of those Friday night football games, you know, because I told her, I grew up in the South, so I know football's king. <laughs> and, I, and, she, and her daughter was a cheerleader, Dallas, uh, uh, <laughs> a cheerleader. You know, remember the, the high school uh, mom that, and, and uh, she, so we, so we were joking about that. Uh, the high school mom and her cheerleader. Oh, um, yes, yes, you remember yes. That? I so she goes, you got to go to a game. So I went to the game that night and I was like sitting there and I started to feel something wet on my face. Went, what is, and then when it's the bathroom, my hair was just like somebody had poured <laughs> water on it. It was just like limp and lean. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have an afro tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you though, Vicki, you know, my husband was in Tucson this week for a uh, business and it was 116 during the day. I don't remember being quite that hot when I was there. Wow. Um, I, th- I think wow. the most it got was like 114, but it was 116. And he went out to dinner that night. He brought, you know, the guy who's, um, that's working for him out to dinner. And um, it was still like 96 degrees at 930 at night. And so mm-hmm. our Tucson friends, mm-hmm. I feel your pain. I do. I will say oh, that, God, you know, yeah. living, living in Tucson, the mountains are beautiful. The desert is really interesting, and you really appreciate how things have to survive out there. It's a harsh environment. But for skin-wise and skin cancer-wise, it's tough because um, it really yeah. dries out your skin. And Dallas, mm-hmm. even though there's humidity, it's better for my skin. I don't feel so parched all the time. I mean, because in, and yeah. when you're in a desert, you have to constantly be drinking water because by the time you realize you're dehydrated, you're almost to the point of no return. You have you. It's mm-hmm. it's deceiving. It's too late. It is, yeah. and and you really have to keep yourself hydrated constantly. And at here, not so much. I mean, of course, you do drink a lot. You know, you do drink water when it's hot. But in in Tucson, because you, when you sweat, it evaporates right off your skin. And sometimes I used to get salt crystals on my arms. You know, when I was like biking and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very deceiving. You don't realize how much. Um, your body is dehydrating itself because of the the dry, dry air, you know. But some people, yeah. my husband finds it easier to deal with the heat in a dry environment. I find it easier to deal with the heat in a human environment. Just, it's just, again, I'm crazy, but it's, I, I. Yeah, you I, are. <laughs> I just think. I can't, I can't breathe in it, but that's what I was used to. But now I'm not used to it. But, um, uh, yeah, you. you you can't breathe when it's humid. Yeah, but my <laughs> skin, like I never die. had wrinkles till I lived in Tucson. Trust me, I never had wrinkles. So now... Yeah, the moisture. Yeah, you get, so, yeah. yeah the, so the I'll, moisture. I'll take the less... I'll take 
um, my wrinkles <laughs> getting better and, and dealing with the humidity rather than <laughs> Well, I look forward to next week where we're going to get back to like the 90s, the low 90s. Well, I'll be in Maine next week. I'll be in Maine. So I'll be eating lobster. Lobster. Lobster and fried. No swimming pool for you there. And fried clams. (laughs) I'm telling you, you you guys in California are nuts. Okay. I'm just telling you, you're nuts. Because I, when I went out to to Santa Barbara once to, to get some fried, we were in California. So we stopped in Santa Barbara and we were starving. So we decided to go eat at this hole in the wall and it had fried clams. I was jumping up and down and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they don't have bellies. What's the point of having a fried clam if you don't eat the bellies? Oh my gosh. I don't know where they got them, but I would suggest not to eat any shellfish that came off the coast of California. Because <laughs> uh, in Maine... When, it's not a good idea. In Maine, when you go... They probably had it shipped in from somewhere. I don't when know you where. go to Maine, yeah. you can get fried clams either in batter or crumbs. And I would definitely recommend crumbs because it's... it's batter is, you know, it's just greasy. But the crumbs yeah, are awesome. Is. And that's where, for Tuesday night, mm. I am going to be eating fried scallops, and I'm going to be free eating fried clams. Oh, I, I love so, I do, too. I'm so excited. Uh, I love, I do love seafood. Yeah. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm a vegetarian yeah. except for fish and seafood. So. Yeah. Pescatarian. A pescatarian. I gave up chicken. I know. <clears throat> so, we hope we gave you some ideas to enjoy your summer a little bit more. And we would love to hear back from you and what you like to watch or do during the summertime. Uh, just go to 3geekyladies.com. Our contact information can be found on that page. And we'd love to hear from you. So, we want to thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time. Bye. You're listening to the G-Men. <laughs> You made a few boo-boos, right? You coming out for one of your biggest events. That's true. And all I saw was him looking down, reading the auto cue. For heaven's sake, Mr. Cook, get your mm together. And you don't know what you're talking about. For your biggest product. I was not (laughs) impressed at all. (laughs) Even the Japanese guy who can't speak English did a better job than Tim Cook. (laughs) You're listening to the G-Men.